Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined today, as always, by trusty staff writer Josh... Curious like a cat, Clark. Hey, how are you? Your favorite moniker. Yeah, you, you know, Candace, I was uh, just uh, just under one year old uh, the first time the world almost ended. You want to hear about that? Sure. So this guy named Marcus Garvey, who was a, uh, a Jamaican civil rights uh, leader, entrepreneur, and all this, who eventually became a uh, basically a prophet to Rastafarians, uh, famously predicted that when two sevens clash, chaos is going to ensue, right? So everybody's kind of thinking about this, listening to reggae, hanging out, right? And uh, July 7th, 1977 rolls around, and everybody in Jamaica freaks. Well, hold the phone. Sure. That's Holding. two sets of sevens. It is, which is why they were really, really freaked. Double bad luck. Yeah. Uh, it could have happened any time in 1977, I think most people thought. But when July 7th rolled around, it was like, yeah. Kingston literally shut down. No one was out in the street. Everybody was just kind of... Hanging back, letting the day pass, see what happened. Um, nothing did happen, and uh, even if it had, I wouldn't have been aware because, like I said, I was under one. Uh, but the next time some sevens rolled around, I was much more aware. And that was a much happier occasion. It definitely was. By then, people thought seven seven oh seven was was a really lucky number. Well, yeah, it's like uh, it's like hitting the jackpot as far as dates go. So how do we celebrate? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, Eva Longoria and Tony Parker got married. I know they had the best reception. It was wonderful. Did you oh, go? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. That was me and then the nice Dolce. Oh. Anyway, uh, something else really monumental happened, and that was that the new Seven Wonders Foundation announced the new Seven Wonders of the World. Yeah, which uh, which are pretty good. Um, I don't know if new's the best word for them. I know that's not yours. Very but um, the, the 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 wonders of the world that are on this list are actually pretty old, like Machu Picchu in Peru. A uh, statue of Christ Redeemer in Brazil. Yeah, the, the one over uh, Rio saying, hey, hey, I'm looking out for you guys. Check me out. I'm up here. Um, uh, Chichen Itza in Mexico. There you go. Uh, Great Wall of China. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Colosseum at Rome and the Taj Mahal. There you go. I think that's seven, isn't I, it? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like seven to me. <laughs> um, but those are, so they're all pretty old, but they're still around, and, and they and are the, definitely wondrous. Yeah, and the list is new. And if 7707 was a bad day for anyone, it probably was Egypt. Yeah. And Egypt's prime minister even sort of, you know, made a public announcement before the new Seven Wonders Foundation even collected the, I think, Almost 100 million votes mm-hmm. cast for the new list uh, via telephone and internet. He said essentially, "Don't forget about Khufu." And the Great Pyramid of Khufu was the greatest of the Great Pyramids. It's by far the largest. Um, I'm still holding out for you, Egypt. It's still the original seven wonder on in, in, in my there, book. Egypt. But um, not only is it still standing, it's the only one of the original seven wonders of the ancient world still standing. And furthermore, on that original list, it was the oldest. Yeah, by far, by several hundred years, right? Yeah, and we're talking about swirling sands and dust winds and blazing heat in Egypt, and it has stood the test of time. And yet it's not on the, the new list. It's a runner-up. Well, um, you want to talk about the ancient the ancient list? 
The yeah. original list that that uh, that Khufu was rightly on. Yeah, so we had Khufu. Right. We um, had the Mausoleum of Halicarnassus. You love that one, don't you? I just like saying it. The Colossus of Rhodes and the Lighthouse of Alexandria. Yeah, uh, we had the Statue of Zeus and the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus. And that's there's one more Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Ah, Babylon. Which actually, ironically, I heard might not have actually existed. Is that fact or fiction? You know anything? I do. This is sort of a tough question to answer because opposing camps of scholars hold different points of view about it. And uh, let me try to debunk this as straightforwardly as I can. First of all, gardens, organic matter, yeah. would have decomposed even if they existed. So even if somewhere there's a pile of rubble, which actually there is, that some people reputedly claim is the ruins of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, we wouldn't have evidence of the gardens because the plants and flowers would have long withered. Sure. Yeah. Well, the other thing is the people who actually composed this list of ancient wonders were not sure who the author really is. Yeah, there's there's three guys who are in the running, uh, Callimachus, uh, Philo, and Herodotus. And what all three were historians, travel writers. What were they? Who were these guys? Yeah, that's right. They had, you know, they had day jobs too. Some of them, I think, were were military men or, mm-hmm. or welders. But essentially, they went around their corner of the world, which stretched, you know, sort of from the Middle East to Egypt to Turkey to Greece. Mm-hmm. And these wonders were called theomata, which translates as things to be seen or must see. Must see. Must see monuments. Must see yeah. monuments. And the funny thing about the Hanging Gardens of Babylon is that there are no records anywhere that it really existed outside of this list. And the man who is supposed to have built them is Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, as the legend goes, he built them for his wife, Amethyst, who was a princess from Iran. And she grew up near the Caspian Sea. So she was used to seeing a lot of green when she looked out her window. Right. Not in... Not not where Nebuchadnezzar lived. Though. No, not in Iraq. That would have been a pretty dry region. He didn't want her to feel homesick, so he built the gardens. But here's where that part of the legend gets tricky. Nebuchadnezzar was a pretty proud man, to say the least, and he recorded all of his accomplishments in an ancient form of record-keeping called cuneiform. And there's no mention anywhere in his records about the palace. Yeah, which seems a little fishy. Yeah, so other scholars say perhaps it was a ruler from Nineveh or Assyria who built them. Okay. But here's another part that makes the Hanging Gardens of Babylon so unbelievable, and that is how on earth would you have watered gardens that hung as high as, some people say, five stories into the air in the dry rock desert. Yeah, because, I mean, you'd think, well, they, you could they just have rain do it, right? But apparently not, because, as you said, it's desert. It's desert. So some scholars propose that there was an irrigation system, pretty sophisticated, built by drawing water from the Euphrates River and essentially piping it into a giant holding tank. And that's something called a shadoof, which, in my mind, I imagine looks like sort of a hand-cranked water wheel mm-hmm. would have lifted the water to the different strata it's just a bunch flora. of buckets basically going yeah, around. Yeah, cool. that's what I'm thinking in my head. Um, it would have looked like that's how it could have worked. And today, there's a new sort of innovative gardening in a place called hydroponics. Mm-hmm. And this is being used around the world in different places. Disney's Epcot Center actually is one of the foremost purveyors of hydroponic gardens. Isn't that wild? It is. But they can do amazing things like take a seed and have it grow into a giant head of lettuce within four weeks. Yeah, and, and it doesn't use soil, right? No, no soil at all. Just a very nutrient-rich solution. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And they grow in the air, like the gardens would have. And so this is a great solution for gardening in cities or in very hot climates. So is there evidence that the ancients were aware of hydroponics as a, as a tool to grow crops? They could have been the forebears of the process. They huh. could have invented it without even realizing it. So um, rising buckets or hydroponics, huh? There you have it. Well, cool. So the weird thing about the palace, if it really did exist, is that it started a prophecy among Babylonian rulers. And Nebuchadnezzar, again, I mentioned he was a pretty proud man, Mm -hmm. supposedly... On his other palaces, he built them with bricks ascribed with the sentiment, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from sea to sea. And when Babylon came crashing down, someone else, many, many centuries later, took out the crown. And I think you know who I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking about Saddam, huh? Yeah, a pretty contentious subject. But supposedly, he wanted to rebuild his palace on the site where Babylon would have stood. And he inscribed bricks with a very similar sentiment about himself. And today, uh, the U.S. is actually looking to turn that palace into a casino because, as we all know, Saddam is no longer with us. Wow, well, Babylon's decadence continues. There you have it. (laughs) (laughs) You can read even more about the Hanging Gardens of Babylon and whether or not they existed, as well as the other six ancient wonder brethren and how the seven wonders of the ancient world worked on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. 